Well, in the early 2000s, I was a stay-at-home mom, a domestic goddess, if you will. I would get up each day and I would lovingly feed my children and I would tend the gardens and I would play peekaboo with the baby and I would do art projects with my daughter Gail, who was five years old at the time. And now I believe that each of us that are parenting in these times are really trying to do a better job by our children, both emotionally and spiritually. We're really trying to be present for them. And I believe this so much that I was willing to prove it. So, in 2003, my husband was invited to go on tour with an artist collective that he has worked with for many years. And going on tour with an artist group is a lot like going on tour with a rock band. Instead of unpacking guitars and amplifiers, they were unpacking these skeletal robotic creatures that would do performance art. Which is pretty cool. But uh, the thing is, is that my husband is terribly, terribly allergic to wheat. And so when you go to the land of bread and chocolate, mm. you can't eat bread. All you need is chocolate. You're not going to get far, you know. So he really needed somebody to take care of him. And so I was invited along to be his personal chef. Woo! Now, that's, that's an entitlement there. So, I, But I was really excited because... Ah, this, this trip just lit a flame inside of me. I was just on fire because I kept thinking, I have always wanted to go to France. I mean, I took three years of high school French just because I wanted to be able to say something to somebody in French. And, and I was going to get to use that. I mean, that was exciting. And I was fired up. And, um, and so I also felt like I wanted to make this an educational an inspiring trip for my children, you know? I was going to take them to the Louvre, and we were going to go to the Notre Dame. We were going to be in this sacred space, and we were going to see art and do those kinds of things. And when we got there, I was pretty much on my own. We had this little flat in Paris. It was nice. It had everything we needed. But I was really on my own with a baby who was crying every single day because she was growing molars. And my husband was working 14 and 16 hours a day. And Gail, my five-year-old daughter, she and I had very different ideas about what we wanted to do with our time. <laughs> I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go out every day. I wanted to go out and just be in the streets Paris and like eat bread and, and you know just wander around and do things and, and and she wanted to stay home and she wanted to make little necklaces. <laughs> she had little beads that were the bread beads and little beads that were the chocolate beads. You know she would she would mix them together and she would show me one that was particularly sort of white. She would say, "This one's all bread." <laughs> He's the grandfather. And then he would marry off his children and they would make these slightly different combinations. <laughs> and they would make a necklace together and that was the family. And I thought, all right, whatever. <laughs> well, about two weeks into this trip, my husband finally gets a day off. One day off. 
after like two weeks of working 14 and 16 hour days. And we decide we're going to go to the Eiffel Tower. And it takes us three trains to get there. And it's February, and it's cold, and it's nighttime by the time we get our shit together. And we get up to the top. We get up to the top of that tower. And I've got this baby on one side of me. And he's got the five-year-old on the other side, and we're holding hands. And we're looking lovingly into each other's eyes. And we are just having this romantic moment. Because this is the honeymoon we never had. And the baby starts to wail and cry and scream. And Gail, my five-year-old on the other side, she's like, I gotta go pee! Right now! I found out that there is not a bathroom at the top of the Eiffel <laughs> So we were up there for a total of maybe three or four minutes. We came back down. Well, as you can tell, there was starting to become like a little bit of a resentment. I mean, I, I was trying to figure out what was going on between the two of us because I really wanted to live out this dream and she was really overwhelmed with the culture and the food and the noise. And she really was seeking security. And I was not providing that. Well, one day, not too long after the, the awful tower incident, <laughs> we're out and it's sunny. And it's a sunny day. And you got to take that in when it's February anywhere, you know, sunny day. And we're off for this walk. And I didn't know this at the time, but there are two separate water systems in Paris. There are the potable water that goes into all the businesses and homes that you know shower and drink water out of the tap with. And then there's another system that actually pumps water through the streets to clean the streets. And the reason that they clean the streets in Paris is because there's a lot of dogs in Paris. And the dogs, the Parisians do not pick up their dog, do they? They curb their dog, and, and so then that's why they flood the streets with this water. Well, I didn't know this as we're strolling down the street. And all of a sudden, the sidewalk starts to gurgle and bubble and boil. And Gail is so excited. And she just runs out into the street. And there's just water bubbling in it. And it turns into this rushing river. And she just jumps in it with full feet. And she's laughing and screaming and kicking that water around. And there's a dog shit flying. And he smiles and she smiles and then he stands up and he turns around and he smiles at me 
And when he's smiling at me, I mean, it is like a star shining. I mean, there is light coming out of the corners of his eyes and all crinkly creases. And a smile, and he's smiling at me, and I'm thinking, this is the ghost of Marcel Marceau? What the fuck is this? And this guy is just smiling at me. He said, not one word, not a word, right? And so then he starts to like mimic me. He's like, <laughs> buried there, and Oscar Wilde is buried there, and Gertrude Stein is buried there, and there's about five million famous French people that are buried there. So we went, and we, we stopped, and we took pictures of the dogs along the way, all the dogs at her level, and then we stopped at the, and we took pictures of the bakery window so we could see all the lined up and we went in and we got some pastries and we had a little meal and we sat down and we ate pastries and then we climbed the 850 stairs to the back of the top of the cemetery and once we got there it was this magical place it was like its own city with all of these mausoleums and all these crypts and unbelievable sculptures sculptures made of marble just really touching beautiful sculptures, sculptures made of bronze. 
that had so much detail that you could, you almost wanted to kiss the lips of the sculpture. It was so real. And as I sat there with her and the baby, and I just, there was trees, and I thought, this is everything. This is the art. This is the sacred space. We're outside, and we're in the father's seat. This is the chair, the père lachaise, the seat of the father. I mean, how much closer to heaven can you get? So for the rest of that trip, which was a whole other six or eight weeks, my God, that was a long trip. <laughs> I, just tried, I just tried to juggle my responsibilities and cope with all the demands of everybody and what everybody needed. And I just tried to keep it flexible and fun. And, and I managed to do that. And now when I look back on that trip, I have to say that I got everything I ever wanted and so much more. Thank you.